I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning to do a review, a review of this movie for you. Hey guys, it's uh, Jeff doing an episode uh, uh, of uh, the movie review thing that I do when I review was when I review movies. So I call this the movie review show. It's part of MySpace, the podcast. And uh, this is the 179th, 179 of these bad boys. And we have reviewed more than that. I think we've reviewed close to 200, if not a few more than 200 total films. Because some of these have been two-for-one specials, and if not three-for-one specials. We've done a few three-for-ones in the, in the past. And, um, yeah, I'm uh, really excited to talk about this movie because it was one of my favorite films I saw all year. I put this at number five. This, is, this made my top five. And uh, I put this... And it was tough. My man, it was. I, I've pretty much. I saw the favorite in the theater, and I made that number one. I, I that really spoke to me, and I thought that was the best kind of work of art piece of filmmaking I saw in the year of to the calendar year of 2018. But I was. I after that, I really struggled with how much I really love some of these other movies, and so I just getting the right scores and placing them in, on this big list I have over at. The big, big list is at movies.myamera.ca. You can go check out all the movies there. And again, uh, if you go check out that page at movies.myamera.ca, you'll notice that links to the audio for all these 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 reviews pop up before they actually come out within the, the MySpace, the podcast, uh, anchor.fm slash MySpace, the MySpace show. So this is just a show within a show there, but it's sort of its own thing. And that's why when I record these, they are, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of, in general, I'm I'm hoping to get like a backlog of of a bunch of these, so I never kind of run out. So I can kind of post one of these a day. I try to watch a movie a day, believe it or not. I know that's a, that's kooky, and it is. <laughs> I trust me, I know, but that's what I do try to do. And uh, I was able to to watch both of these here in March 2019. These are two, uh, and I'm talking about, of course, Shoplifters, which came, which is the previous. Uh, in cur- the previous episode of the movie review show, uh, episode 178, I reviewed Shoplifters, and uh, this, uh, and I decided to watch these back to back because you know they were. I wanted to compare and contrast the two two kind of um, foreign language films that were both. Uh, you know, you're not your typical. You know, I feel like the one if if one's country or or region, uh, if, if cinema is overlooked it's really the asian cinema i feel like a, a lot of the other cinema has maybe this is just my bad understanding of uh film history could be it uh but i feel like asian cinema other than obviously you look at like the classic kung fu films and things like that but in modern in terms of modern cinema, I was like, you know, I was kept seeing these these two movies specifically mentioned at the tops of people's top ten lists and whatnot. So I did want to kind of give them a back to back watch, and I watched both of these in over the course of uh, three days. I, I think I, f- I finished both. This this one especially is a bit long. This is this is pushing two and a half hours. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, just a couple minutes shy of two and a half hours. So you got to block out. I I actually watch this in a couple uh, clips. Like two two sittings, two uh two workout sessions, if you will. Actually, in the last session, I kind of cut short and I just finished it sitting in my chair, just sitting in a chair. You know, how one watches a movie alone on their computer. Uh, but burning. 
is a 2018 South Korean psychological drama mystery film uh, directed, produced, and co-written by Lee Chang-dong. Takes place in Seoul. Uh, or, or I guess it's near Seoul. One of the characters lives in Seoul. So they're, they're, they're kind of around Seoul, but then Paju is, is another place where this, um, I guess, is a city in uh cl closer to the border of North Korea and that's sort of there's there's an undercurrent of of current political uh things that I felt was really interesting to the movie that nece not necessarily are crucial to understanding the plot if at all <clears throat> but uh it it's it was certainly interesting that it was placed in this sort of modern times and given this kind of anchor because uh, otherwise the story felt like it, it, timeless in a way of just you know I just really kind of didn't didn't necessarily need to um, hold on I just got there's multiple things happening in my brain right now there's sirens going off in the background and I just got an email for work that uh, seems like I need to look at right away right away La da dee dun da da day. Uh, so these people, you know what? Pe people very much they get concerned about thumbnails, and I'm not talking about the the things on your body, on your hand. I'm talking about stills for videos. And I deal with a lot of people on my day job that have that have to deal with uh, looking at themselves in the thumbnails of videos that they're in, and they're just random. You know, I, d I don't go out of my way to to um, change that necessarily, but I mean, I can, like I can put a, a custom one. But to me, it's like you know, the, the the people who are thinking about it are always hypercritical of how they they look. And uh, we're talking about burning here, <laughs> South Korean film burning. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but I gotta tell you this, I love this film. I really, really loved it. It it made the, it got shortlisted for the foreign film at the uh, Academy Award, but but did not get nominated. But it was on the it was the first Korean film ever in the Academy history of the Academy Awards to make the the final shortlist before the uh, final five whittled 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 down to five. And uh, so let me, let me break it down. What is this movie about? So you know, the the psychological drama mystery is is very is is. You know, just just that by itself is sort of, um, I don't, you know, it's hard. Yeah, you know, how do you um, we gotta unpack that? We gotta unpack that, baby. So you got this character, and again with these names, I apologize. Uh, uh if I'm saying them at all, screwed up. You know, they sound stupid. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Uh, it's my ignorance in how to pronounce things that aren't from. Michael and I can barely speak within my own, so don't don't take it at offense because I can barely say words in English. Uh, so Lee Jong Su, he's performing an odd job when he runs. So I liked how this movie began because it just you it's almost like the camera's going through a, a busy city street, and we hone in on a character who's delivering like a uh, a bunch of uh, a, like almost like looks like laundry or something to to a company just doing an odd job. He's working as like a courier. And he runs into someone at a store he's delivering something to. 
and it's an old childhood friend, but he does not remember at all. And she immediately she immediately starts flirting with him, and basically she's like, "You don't you don't remember me because I had plastic surgery, and now I'm attractive." And so you just that's how the movie starts. You you just you're honed in on this one kind of chance encounter of people who were uh, known each knew each other from their past. So there's always cloaked in mystery, and I never knew where this film was going. And that's one of the reasons I really loved it. It was because these characters were so mysterious to me. And so complicated, but not 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 in like a hit you over the head kind of way. Just the, the, their complications were just so subtle. And again, it was neat to see removed from my own culture uh, how other like how other people live. And this one uh, again, it's it's always presented in this backdrop of the current political, social, political climate. Uh, and certainly, there's the Gangnam. Open Gangnam Style, Gangnam Style. And it, I, if you didn't know what that song is about, it's about because Gangnam is a South Korean uh, neighborhood. I guess in Seoul, right? I think that's in Seoul, and it's like the really where all the rich people live. It's like all, it's like the really super ritzy uh, uh, part of part of town. Um. So basically, he th- this Jung Soo character meets uh, Hi Mi, and um. They sort of begin a, a relationship, but it's a quick relationship because she's got to go on a trip to Africa. She's going to be, uh, she's going in to Africa just to see the world because she's just a, a young person who wants to experience other cultures. And he's sort of like, "Why would you go there?" And she's like, "Well, you know." And they so that they, they end up having sex, but then they he they leave. She leaves his life fairly quickly thereafter, and asks him to watch her cat. And this cat becomes sort of a metaphor for for something. Uh, what is it? Yeah, I think you, f- you learn later. And he's he's feeding the cat. Uh, he's every time every time he goes in there, he starts uh, masturbating in her apartment. I guess looking at pictures of her in her room. <laughs> so he's obviously this guy's a little bit of fucked up dude, and um, he's got his own problems with his with his parents. And he's uh, his dad is currently uh, in the court procedures uh proceedings that he's going to eventually become a prisoner based on this assault which he won't uh, apologize for he assaulted like a nearby farmer over a dispute he's got a uh, huge anger issues and you know there's all these they drop all these like little subtle mysterious hints at one point he's looking at the he's in his uh, childhood home and he finds this like big case of like very sharp knives and you sort of leave that uh, alone you're like oh is that going to come back in and spoiler alerts as we always do here on the show spoiler alerts of course, that comes back into play, and I don't want to give a straight rundown of the plot. But when when Jaime returns, she returns with a man she met as they were stranded in the Nairobi airport. After there was a, some terrorist warning, so three days she spent in the airport, she befriended another South Korean named Ben, and Ben is this guy who lives in the Gangnam uh, neighborhood, and quickly becomes the uh boyfriend i guess suitor and and there's a, there's a, there's threads of jealousy but there's also just a lot of confusion confusion and the jung su character played by yu ahin yu ahin and uh again apologies if that's not how you pronounce that name uh he he's he is so great in this film he really is uh fantastic he because he his his role is just one of uh, this very you know he, he this guy he wants says he wants to be a novelist he's writing a novel but you never see him writing then he never he's never working on it so he's just this very confused young person 
who uh, who's dealing with all this stuff at home with his family life. And I just loved all these little beautiful threads. Like there's one thing where uh, um, the the friend Jaime says, you know, at one point she she tells us she tells a story about how she fell into a well as a child and. And 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 uh, Jung Soo says, you know, he doesn't remember that. And then she's like, you don't remember, it and you're the one who found me. And then he goes to visit, and then he he doesn't know what she, if anything she's saying is real or not, because he can't remember. So he goes to find her parents, and they haven't seen her as well. And they're like, yeah, no, there we didn't have a well. But then he he reconnects with his own mother later, and she goes, yes, they did have a well. And so there's this, this very like, I loved how ambiguous the the narrative was. It was just so. Um, just so cool in, in the way it, the movie's long, but honestly, like it, it doesn't feel at all that long. I just, it was really a, just a fantastic film. And the, just the, the crux of the plot is involves Jaime essentially disappearing. And there's all these hints that, that, that Ben is respond behind it. I mean, there's just, they're, they're more than hints. I mean, there's, there's a lot of just evidence that, that points to him as being the kind of the perpetrator of this crime. He, he's, he's wealthy, but he, what he does for a living is very, ambiguous so i'm thinking oh maybe is he involved in human tra- human trafficking did did he is is jaime just someone he recruited who because there's all these other mentions of jaime having a massive credit card debt and she was just living beyond her means and and there's there's i guess part of the culture out there is that you know these these women uh a lot of times they try and uh and it's presented as women i'm not i don't i don't mean to sound uh, come off weird, strangely by saying that because there's, there's there's a little bit of a disjointed narrative uh, scene where Jung Soo is talking to someone who I believe that Jaime worked with and she was like well yeah you know it's hard for women to because this day and age we're trying to do everything to keep up and look look at look our appearances and it's not cheap and we get into credit card debt and then there's a lot of times these, these these girls disappear so there's just this thing like what happened here was Ben responsible for it? And if so, what did he do to her? Where is she? And he starts stalking Ben. And Ben is played by uh, very the very good American, Korean-American actor, Stephen Yeun, who you remember. He's, he plays uh, Glenn from, uh, or he did used to play Glenn on uh, The Walking Dead. And he's popped up on some other things. He was in Sorry to Bother You. He was in Okja. He's been, he's had some, he had small parts in both of those. He plays this Ben character and very good. Uh, a very, very just kind of mysterious part. And again, I they never, I never could figure out the insp- like the motivations behind a lot of these characters. Let alone uh, the actual what was happening in the actual narrative in terms of what where did Jaime go? Like what did you know? So I won't give away the end of the film. I can't say I you know I I don't I don't want to say I saw it coming, but it didn't. It, the ending isn't surprising in so much as it's just the way it's done and handled is just I thought great and it's a great ending to the to the film and it's it's there's comeuppance involved but maybe not you know maybe not quite how you thought it would go down uh, but there there certainly hints at, at 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 it throughout the entire film that make it plausible and uh really rewarding I thought and uh again I'm going to go seek out this guy's films he's on my list of guys to to uh uh check out and his name again is uh, Li Cheng Dong, and this is his. Uh, I believe it is his one, two, the sixth picture, sixth f- uh, feature.
that he's direct, written and directed. And this was adapted from a uh, screenplay, adapted from a short story by uh, Haruki Murakami, um, Japanese writer of some acclaim. Okay, uh, what I don't think that wraps it up. I gave this a 9.145, and if you're counting at home, I'll run down my top 10 movies of 2018, because now that I've seen a bunch of these, I was able to put together one, uh, a, a list of 10 that is, again, still subject to change. I have another 15 to 20 films that I want to try and consider and get through from the 2018 class. Uh, so we might be all editing this down further, but my top 10. Shoplifters, number 10. Number nine, First Reformed. And I've reviewed all of these films at movies.myamera.ca. And number eight, Wildlife. Wildly underrated, perhaps. Number seven, Eighth Grade. Number six, Sorry to Bother You. Again, two films I saw earlier in the year, but have held up to me in my mind. So I keep them there. Um, and then we've got number five right here is Burning, the one the film we've just reviewed. The Suspiria remake, I put that at four, I put Roma at three, I put Hereditary at two, and I put The Favorite at one. So, so if you had asked me if I had had two horror films in the top five, I would have said you're crazy. It's not really a genre that I was ever that into or that you know, uh, in, in tune with and, and appealing to me and never found it that appealing to me. But here we are, nonetheless. Uh, that's the top ten. And I did have trouble placing that the, the the order. I mean, I love, I reckon, I I highly recommend all of these. I feel like there's not a, there's not a drop off. Sometimes I can kind of consider tiers and think this is significantly better than that. But I would say, if I want to separate them to two tiers, I think Burning would make that top tier. And then, sorry to bother you, Eighth Grade Wildlife. For, this is the first five and the bottom five on this list. Um, if I had to separate them in two tiers, that I guess that's what I do. But again, it's fairly fairly meaningless endeavor. This has been the 179th movie review presented by MySpace, the podcast, and I am your host Jeff, and I am pleased to be here with you. The next review, <sighs> and it might be a twofer just to get it the f out of the way. It, uh, you know, the more and more I think about it, it makes sense to do it as a twofer is the two most recent Alejandro Jodorowsky films. And then, get, folks, I'm done. I've watched all the Jodorowsky pictures, and uh, God help me that I tackled that uh, that auteur, uh, uh, if you want to use, use that word lightly in that case. And uh, this has been uh, another episode of Shitting on Jodorowsky with me, your host, Jeff. Tune in next time when we shit on Jodorowsky some more. Acclaimed Chilean filmmaker... I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm delaying because I know that I'm planning on watching the movie very shortly and uh, I just want to delay. I'm turning that, putting play on that. I just, I'm just trying to do my best.